0: This is a passage and a principle where we help you to think on God's Word so that our minds can be renewed to be like Jesus. Let's get into God's Word. To another episode of a passage and a principle. My name is Dustin Sims, and I just wanted to let you know we're going to kind of try to shift things a little bit, try to do things a little bit differently. We have been going through Gospel of Mark and just simply uh, sharing a few things there, but uh, I wanted to kind of do something different. We wanted to to uh, provide an opportunity to go a little deeper into the Word of God, and so as I preach on Sundays, I'm preaching right now through uh, Sanctification as I preach on Sundays I'm wanting to to give some extra thoughts here on you know on on what I preach and, and sort of explain it in a way that that helps us to understand a little not just you know what a particular passage says but also how it relates to other passages of scripture um, throughout throughout the Bible because we need to understand the unity of it but also I think that that we oftentimes misunderstand what, the Bible teaches us about who we are in Christ. If you're a believer in Christ, um, then you know everything that belongs to Christ now belongs to you. Uh, it's imparted to you as you place your faith and trust in Him, and and so understanding that is key and is important in in recognizing what Christ has done. And so, uh, Galatians two twenty is the passage that I preached on Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me and and I do want to just just kind of take a look at that for just a moment. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So in that passage of scripture, there's a couple things going on there, and really four in particular, that, that I see, uh, that really boils down to, to really a couple different issues that we want to look at. And, and the first one is that uh, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. And so that's the first, uh, first point there. The second one is, but Christ lives in me. And, and so that's, uh, that's a key point as well. And then the third is, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And then the fourth is, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now within this passage of scripture, uh, I think what's really helpful is uh, um, really a framework that was given by John Owen, who was a Puritan, who lived from 1616 to 1683. And he, in his book uh, uh, that, that he, he writes on this particular subject, he talks about The union and communion with God that we have. And by union what he means is a unilateral action by God in which those who were dead are made alive and those who lived in darkness begin to see the light and those who were enslaved to sin are set free to be loved and to love. Now, this is important to understand because this is this is speaking about the action of God in which God, uh, when we placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and actually scripture said before the, the foundation of the world, because God had chosen us uh, in in, in you know, and really the debate—I know there's a great debate on that—but that's not really what I want to get into. And the debate is not whether God chooses or elects. The Debate—the debate is the the basis of that election. And so uh, we don't we don't really have time to go into all that. Now, that's been debated for years and continues to be debated. But really, what we want to understand from this. Is that the union that we have is this, this union with Christ that's brought about, uh, by God in which we were dead in our trespasses and now we're made alive. Uh, we were living in darkness and now we are, um, we, we're, we're light, uh, and, and that we were enslaved to sin, but now we've been set free. Um, and so as we talk about this, what it's speaking about is the very fact that we are now united with Christ. When, when you come to faith, uh, in Jesus Christ, Uh, you are united with Christ when you trust him for salvation you are united with Christ but the second part of it is communion with God and the communion is, is that, uh, um, as Owen would define it, those who are united to Christ are called to respond to God's loving embrace. While union with Christ is something that does not ebb and flow, one's experience of communion with Christ can fluctuate. And this is that, that communion, that daily communion uh, with Christ in relationship uh, that's speaking about. And so when we look at this, we see actually both of these elements in Galatians 2.20. As we see the the unity, the the unification that we have with Christ, uh, and, and that our identity is now in Christ, and the communion uh, that we have with God, as we are to uh, to live each day um, by faith. And so, there's four four principles that I want to give you uh, from this passage of Scripture that that we discussed uh, Sunday in the sermon. I just sort of gave at the end as the sort of a summary of what we had talked about, but I want to kind of give you some more. Um, scripture verses to go along with it Um, first we see uh, number one if I've been crucified with Christ then as Paul says I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live and so if I've been crucified with Christ if you're a believer if you've been crucified with Christ then what he accomplished on the cross is now given to you as a believer and so some things that we can think about that we see from scripture Uh, we see forgiveness of sins uh, we that's certainly something that we oftentimes will understand. In fact, for many, we sort of misunderstand salvation as only the forgiveness of sins. But it's so much more. Uh, we see in Scripture new life. Um, we also see power over death and the promised resurrection, uh, that those who are in Christ that one day will receive a glorified body. We see power over sin and then an identity with him. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but this just kind of gives you an idea. As you look through Scripture, you can see some of these things. And this is not because of us, but because of Christ in us. And so I want to share with you a few Scriptures that, that sort of help you to do that. And really, I just kind of want to give you a taste of really where to go look and begin to find this. And I would encourage you to study these Scriptures on your own. Uh, Romans 6, 3-14 um, and I'm not going to read all of it, but I want to read just a little bit of it to you. For do you not know that all of us who have been baptized, placed into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died is freed from sin now if we have died with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him and so again I would encourage you to continue reading further but really Paul's point here is we've been now identified with Christ we've been identified in his death and that we have died to sin but also we're identified in his resurrection that we're called to walk in in a new life in a newness of life and this newness of life is all these promises, all the things that Christ accomplished through his, through his death, burial, and resurrection. When we place our faith in him, is, they're now imparted to us. And so many times we sell salvation short. And we, we think that it just is something that uh, uh, you know, we just make a profession of faith and our sins are forgiven. And, and we know one day we'll have eternal life and, and all that. But really, when we look at salvation, it's a complete newness. You're a new creation. You have new life, uh, that there's a newness that comes with, and it all becomes of this, all is all because, excuse me, of this union with Christ, and that we're now identified with Him, and all that He accomplished is now imparted to us. We see also Romans eight, twelve through seventeen. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you are living according to the flesh you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body you will live. For we are all we for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out Abba Father the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And and so as we we look at this, and he he would say at the end of that verse, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we also may be glorified with him. You see an identification that is there. We're children, we're heirs. We are heirs of God, we're fellow heirs with Christ. And so he speaks about suffering with him, so that we also be glorified with him. And and, then... That's speaking about that identity that we have with Jesus and that we're identified with all that He accomplished. Even, you know, something that may not be very pleasant and suffering, but it will lead to this glorification with Him. Uh, in Galatians 3.27, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And so again, there's that identity that is going on there that we are, are, uh, that comes from, from union with Christ, from knowing him. And so if we've been crucified with Christ, if we're now identified with him, then all of what he accomplished is now given to us. All of what he accomplished is imparted to us. And so the question becomes, why don't we live this way? You know, why don't we live this way? Which leads into our second point. But but before we get into the second point, I want to give you uh, two more scriptures to look at. Ephesians 2, 4-10. through 10, And Colossians 1, 21-23. I encourage you to take a look at those and continue to read you know, what all is involved in the fact that we've been now identified with Christ. And so now we come to the second point. If we're identified with Christ and all of what he's accomplished is now given to us then we're now identified differently than before we no longer live in the old way Paul says it is no longer I who live uh, which was characterized by sin and death and separation hostility and and no hope Christ now lives in us through the Holy Spirit and the life that we live now is characterized differently than it was before you say well how? well before it was um, you know sin, death, separation, hostility and no hope Uh, The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, um, speaks about the hostility uh, that is there, but now our life is to be characterized by hope, by freedom from the power of sin, knowledge, assurance, freedom to serve Christ, and all that is needed for life and godliness. And so as we look and we see, you know, Paul would say in Ephesians four, seventeen and following, so this I say, and affirm together with the Lord that you no longer uh walk uh, just as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart and they having become callous have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness but you did not learn Christ in this way if indeed you have heard him and have been taught of him just just as uh, trust is in Jesus that in reference to your former manner of life you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God. Which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness with truth. And then he would go on to speak about the, how we are to act now and how we are to be. And so we see here that that we're now identified differently. Our life before is not who we are anymore. And so in Ephesians 4, 17 through through 5, 2, Paul would speak about that. And then also we see here in Colossians 3, 1 through 10, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God and so here again Paul would say therefore if you've been raised up with Christ and this is speaking of our position our identity with Jesus and so as, as he speaks about that he says now this is how this is who you are to be you're not characterized any more by the old way you are to to, to live the new way and so he would go on and say in verse 4, When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And listen here. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. That's your old way. That That's how you used to live. But now uh, you also, putting them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your from your mouth, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and having put and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. It's so clear to hear Paul is speaking about the fact that our new life is no longer to be characterized by the other way. That's why Paul would say, it's no longer I who live it's no longer I who live we don't we don't live that way anymore and it amazes me how so often as believers we look so much like the world you know people who profess to know Christ you know there, there's there's very little difference, and I would say that there was. If there's very little difference, then there's reason to to examine uh, yourself to see if you really know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because when we read in Scripture, we don't see anywhere where it's come down, make profession of faith, and then go on living how you want to. That there's a change that takes place you're now identified with Christ and all of what he has is now imparted to you and because it's all imparted to you and you have died with him and you have rose to newness of life it's no longer you who live you're not the same person you are renewed and are being renewed you're unified with Christ and as you commune with him it's no longer you who live as you commune with him and grow in that relationship and that love, then then you're being renewed. And so, a couple of the passages of scripture I'll give you on this point: First Thessalonians four one through eight, and Second Peter one three through eleven. And so, I, I would tell you all this to say, you identify with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but how are we? How are we to live? How are we? How, how's this to be accomplished? Well, that comes in the third point here, as Paul would say, "I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live." And the third point would be. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And so this new life is displayed physically in the body. We, we, we display it uh, physically in who we are. But it comes through relationship with Christ. And this faith that we have is, is a faith that's continual as we're in constant and trusting communion with Christ. And so what happens in the body, what happens in our life, is an overflow of our relationship with Christ. And unless we abide in Christ, we can do nothing. And so here's the, here's the idea here, and I kind of want to give you an illustration to help you out. This, this is not original to me. Uh, this is something that, that I had heard, uh, and, and I don't exactly remember from where, but uh, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that you understand this is not originally my illustration. But you think about adoption. If a child is adopted, all that belongs to the family now belongs to that child. Um, and, and it's imparted to them as they become part of that family. But in, in recognizing and using all and, and, and you know, understanding uh, what, what belongs to them happens on a daily basis as they grow in that love. They're adopted by that family. They're part of that family. They now belong to that family. They're identified with that family. But as they grow in, in, that, in that love, it no longer becomes this is my adopted family. It becomes this is my family. So there becomes a a more of a recognition of what they have and a growth in what they have. And and really that's where we get at here when we look at the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God. And so we're called to to live in in, by faith, a daily faith. And Jesus would tell us in John fifteen, You know, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes it, so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me. You can do nothing. And I would encourage you in John 15 to continue reading on from verse 1 through 17. And see more of what Jesus has to say on that. But I, I would, you know, as we look at this, we see here that, that, you know, we're now identified. We are now heirs, co-heirs. We're children of God. And, and we've now been adopted. We've been brought into the family of God. We're children of God as believers. So, so how do we grow in that? How do we, we do that? We abide. Well, we continue in constant communion with Christ. Um, constant communion with him. And then I would encourage you to read Galatians uh, uh, 5 as well, the the freedom that we have in Christ, but it's not a freedom to do what we want to, it's a freedom that we've been uh, set aside to uh, um, serve him. In in verse 24 of of Galatians 5, he would say that, now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and and desires. It's it's, it's crucified. We no longer have to get into it. We're no longer a slave to sin. And so, as we we see this, we see here that uh, um, that the life we live now is to be in constant communion. So we respond in faith to to Christ. Some other passages I would give you is Colossians three twelve through seventeen, Colossians four two through six, you know Philippians three twelve through sixteen. Um, as Paul would speak about that, you know that the the goal of of the prize in, in Jesus Christ is that he hasn't obtained it that he presses on, um, you know, and so you know as we see this, we see here that that there's to be a continual growth. But most people think this continual growth has to happen on our own. You know, we think, okay, yeah, Christ saves us, and one day he'll return, and one day we will uh, be made right. One day all will be uh, will be uh, right and all will be made new. But in the meantime, I'm on my own. And that's not it. You've been identified with Jesus, and therefore all that belongs to him now belongs to you. But you're to grow in that. How do you grow in that? continual relationship with Christ as you abide in him and as you continue as you surrender to him daily in relationship and grow in that communion with him, you're renewed. And as you're renewed and you're growing here, more of what belongs to Christ that has been imparted to you becomes displayed in your life as you grow to be more like Jesus Christ. And so what we see that here is as you know Paul has just laid it out very very carefully, and so a couple other passages to look at Ephesians five three through fourteen, Ephesians five fifteen through twenty one would be uh, you know be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. So we we see here this this life that we live now is a life of faith and trust and constant communion with Christ. And so Paul would end uh, Galatians 2.20 by saying, um, you know, who who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now this is the key to it all. Because the basis of this union and communion that we have with Christ is that he loved us and gave himself up for us. And so our response is and always will be, you know, because of what he's done for, for us. You know, that, is, that is why we respond. We respond as God initiates, we respond. He calls and I respond, He equips and I respond. He loves and I respond. This is faith. This is what what faith is. We, we now who were uh, who, who were far off and, and now who who were dead in our trespasses and sins, we've now been made alive. We've now been brought to, to, to uh, union and because of that we ha- we can have communion with him. On a daily basis in relationship. And so. You know Paul would say in Ephesians 2. Therefore remember that formerly you. The Gentiles in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision. By the so called circumcision. Which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And then it will go on to speak about the two, uh, bringing the two into one. And so Ephesians two eleven through twenty two, I'd encourage you to uh, to read that. We see in Galatians three thirteen 13-14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we will receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You know, We are called to understand and to recognize here that all of what we have and all of who we are is completely dependent and continues to be completely dependent upon Christ. What he accomplished and what he did is the only way that that we can have this union and communion with Christ. It's the only way Paul could say, um, I've been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me and the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's the only reason. Because of what Christ has done. We see in Ephesians one 3 through 3-14, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. And so we see here again this, this, uh, this, this security, this union uh, that takes place because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. So when we look at this, we see here that, that it's not about anything that we can do. And I think so often that we just we sort of start with Christ and then we think we've got to do it ourselves until one day when, when Christ returns and all is made new and we think, okay, well that's, that's all we need to worry about. But really, when we look at Scripture and we see what the Bible says, we start continuing in with Christ. And, and we are only able to do that because of this union we have with Christ and that we've been crucified with Christ, we're identified with Christ. And we no longer live. Our old way is, is, is not who we are anymore. But Christ lives in us. And the life we live, we live by faith in the Son of God. That continual communion in relationship with Jesus Christ. As we grow to understand and we grow to be more like our new family. We grow more to be like Jesus. And so, what are we to do? Well, I think I would encourage you in a couple of different ways. One, I would encourage you to, to get into... Uh, you know, not even not even going all the scripture. I would just encourage you to get into Paul's letters. Let, let's just start there, not not make it too uh, too great uh, of, of a challenge, but just to get into Paul's letters, and just read in there, and, and take time to look and say, um, you know, wh- what is it? Who am I in Jesus? You know, what does the Bible say? Who does the Bible say that I am in Christ? And begin to look. Also, I'd encourage you in a secondary, and that is to take time and, and guard your time in relationship with Christ. Now, now, understand this. The illustration I gave Sunday in the sermon was that union and communion is, is illustrated greatly in marriage. The union is the two become one as you as you make your vows together, as you come together, and, and you are now uh, um, one flesh. Because of this union... You commune with each other each day, and so communion—you know—communion you know, with each other. You know, I don't—you uh, know—I don't just say hi to Amy once a day, or or say, "Here, you got 15, 20 minutes here, and I'm gonna spend time with you, and then we won't talk the rest of the day." You know that that doesn't work. So, so why do we treat our relationship with God in that that way? And so, I, I would encourage you to devote time uh, to your relationship with with the, with the Lord. But, not, but understand not just say okay I'm going to give 20 minutes or I'll give an extra 5 minutes in my time but recognizing communion is, is, a, is, is really more than just that one now I would encourage you to have your, your quiet time set aside but commune with God throughout the day When you're working, you can pray, you can stop, you can think on the Word, you can reflect on the Word, you can reflect on who God is, uh, you can reflect on who He's called you to be. There's all kinds of of things that that you can do as you think through and you think about and you commune with God on a a daily, hourly, minute basis. And so I'd encourage you to view your relationship with God as a relationship, not just a, I'm going to have my quiet time in the morning and then move on. No, if you truly want to grow as a believer and be who God has called you to be, then this is it. This is where you need to be. And so so that's what I would encourage you to do. Two things. Is get into the word, pause letters and read who you are in Christ, you know, what what is taking place there. But secondly, I would encourage you to think of and begin to change your thinking of your relationship with God, not simply as, you know, I'm going to spend quiet time in the morning, but I want to I want to commune with him. As I would my spouse, or as I would my children, or as I would someone that a friend that I'm close to and that I talk to often, spend time with God, grow in that relationship, because again, you know, Paul would say, "I've been crucified with Christ; my identity is with Him. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Our life is different, not not characterized by the old way, but by who we are now in Christ. And the life we live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God, constant." Communion with Him, who loved me and gave Himself up for me, because of what He accomplished, we now have a, have a union with Christ, and we now can commune with Him, and grow in who we are, and grow to be more like our new family. And so, I want to give you those scriptures one more time: of course, Galatians two twenty, um, Romans six three through fourteen, Romans eight twelve through seventeen. Galatians three twenty seven, Ephesians two, four through ten, Colossians one twenty one through twenty three, Ephesians four seventeen through five two, Colossians three 1-10. one through ten, first Thessalonians four one through eight, Second Peter one three through eleven, Galatians chapter five, John fifteen one through seventeen, Colossians three twelve through seventeen. Colossians four two through six, Philippians three, twelve through sixteen, Ephesians five three through fourteen, actually three through twenty one, uh, Ephesians two eleven through twenty two, Galatians three thirteen through fourteen, Ephesians one three through fourteen, Colossians one fifteen through twenty, and Titus three, four through seven. So I'd encourage you that, that gives you a good start to read. And to see who we are in Christ, and so I want to thank you for joining me today, and I hope this has been helpful to to recognize and really just sort of dig deep into this verse a little bit. And certainly, there's there's you know, greater that you could do and and um, more you could do if you can get a hold of you know if you want to really go deep, if you can get a hold of anything by uh, by John Owen, um, that's a good uh, good one. There's a book uh, by Sinclair Ferguson. Um, I believe it's called Devoted to God. Uh, that would be a good one to, uh, to look at as well. Uh, there are multiple other, uh, books as well. And, and maybe I'll do a, a podcast one time in which I give you some suggestions for books to read. But, but again, I would encourage you, you know, mostly just to get into the Word of God and just pray and ask God to, to, open your heart open your eyes to his word and give you an understanding so again i want to thank you for joining me today i want to pray with you as i, I get off here and and hope that you will uh, take those challenges um, and just seek to grow Seek to be who you are in Jesus. Father, we do thank you for the time that we've had here. I thank you for the opportunity to uh, come together uh, in this, this forum and really just kind of uh, discuss uh, who we are in Christ and discuss the, the fact that um, there's so much more uh, to what you've accomplished in Christ, so much more than what you to, to what you've given us in Christ and who we are in Christ. And, and may we not uh, sell short. Uh, who we are and may we not uh um Lord just scratch the surface. May we may we truly grow in who we are in Jesus. And, and I pray, Lord, that you would give us that desire, you would touch hearts and, and help us to recognize, Lord, if if we're true believers in Christ, there's change there's a change that took place and, and we're no longer who we are. But we are to be like Jesus. So I pray that you help us to do that, lead us to do that. May we be faithful to you, may we grow in our relationship with you, and may we honor and glorify you in all that we do. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and that he rose three days later in victory. And we pray now and thank you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for joining me for a passage and a principle.